the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. The main reading for tonight's study on intercession is taken from Genesis chapter 18. Amen. We looked at that particular uh, statement last week, moved with compassion. The Bible says Jesus looked over the crowd and he saw they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turned to the disciples and says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Two things he said we need to do. Pray, beseech, beg of the Lord. The Lord send laborers out. There's a praying and there's a going. And uh, tonight we are really going to talk about uh, prayer. And uh, I suppose uh, the first um, example of what we call intercession, which is, uh, there's a lots of names and words for prayer, which we could one day look at maybe, uh, supplication, petition, uh, beseeching, asking, uh, just general word for prayer, uh, which is communication with the Lord. But there's this particular uh, word intercession where it's actually standing in the gap, actually appealing to the king. Uh, on behalf of someone, actually uh, mediating between two people. And the great thing about it is this, is because the Bible calls us all priests, when we become a Christian, we're all priests, that we have the ability to talk to God. The priest in the Old Testament was the person who went into the presence of God on behalf of the people, wasn't he? To minister to the Lord, to sacrifice for the people. And we are priests. That is our work. We have direct communication with the Lord and, and the Lord is looking to us and longing for us. Um, one of the things, uh, as your church, we know if you've read our, our mission, our mission and our vision, is that we are a praying church. Uh, the acrostic of, the, of, of uh, the vision is from prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there were a number of things that angered Jesus number of things that angered Jesus, and one of the things that we, we, we know that angered him was when his house had lost prayer. When his house was not a house of prayer, uh, what happened? The worship was diluted, and then it was distorted. And that's all that happens when prayer is deep, and, we, and they totally departed then. It, not just a dilution, depa- distortion, departed. And you know, we've got to be careful today. I was just, um, actually I was listening to a, a particular song on the... Um, my album I have every year, uh, Christian Songs, and, and um, the particular song, she said, I want the real Jesus. She said, Christianity's become a show and, and a performance. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've got to do our things as the best we can, but without the Lord, it is just religion. It's just a show. And uh, we really need, and as soon as prayers departed from, diluted, distorted, and, and Jesus went in there, and they were more interested in making a buck and uh, the place was filled, filled with animals and filth and, and all that kind of thing. And Jesus was angry, really was. Let's read that particular passage, uh, Matthew 21. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling dubs. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called an house of prayer but you are making it a den of robbers. And blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. 
Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you, your, you Lord, have called for your praise? So we see how far the distortion had come and had gone. The, the leaders of the, of the temple were indignant that the children were praising God. Can you believe that? They were praising God. Yet they were saying, shh, 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 what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because they'd just been, they'd moved so far from the Lord, so far from intimacy with the Lord, that they thought that was wrong. And we've got to be careful, and we sometimes we think something is, is is wrong when really it isn't. It's just we have we have you know we have drifted and uh, diverted. You see, God's heart right from the beginning of creation is for intimacy with us. Intimacy. We must never forget that God longs for time with us and for us to speak to Him. And sometimes we say, "Oh, I I don't know what to pray." Let me tell you. It's so much to pray for. If you start making a list, you could be there all day and all night and come back on the same day, can't you? So many things, so many people to pray for. But God longs for intimacy with us. That you see what what the um, we we read of Adam and Eve, and now that the Bible says he came down in the cool of the day. We have that lovely picture of the Lord walking and communing with Adam and Eve. They had all that, yet they gave it up for what? Just something they they thought was going to give them something else. So let's look at this particular uh, passage of intercession. Uh, we see Abraham um, uh, speaking with God, really getting hold of, of this particular um, situation. Uh, first, we, we will look at, um, let's read that particular chapter, verse James 2, 22 to 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. That's a great, isn't it? The friend of God. Now, there, there's, there's the key. He's the friend of God. Now, you see, we are friends. We are his friends, aren't we? What does the Bible say in John 15? I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. And when we are friends of God, we'll see now how, how this plays out, how God uh, brings him into the situation, reveals the situation, and then sees where he's responding, where he's going with that situation. We are friends of God. The first thing we notice when the Lord turns up in Genesis 18, Abraham invites him in. He's welcomed in his home. That's interesting, isn't it? He's welcomed in his home. Now, the trouble is we say, oh, that's fine. But let me tell you, there are many Christians, or so-called Christians, we would say, that um, welcome him when they come to church, but I wonder if they welcome him into their home, um, into their life, into their marriage, into their, into their every circumstance. I wonder, you see, because when we talk about the Lord coming in, we'll just read that particular uh, example, Luke 19, 5 and 6. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus. Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. See, again, we need to look a little bit deeper into what the Lord is saying. I must abide, not just stay, I must abide. That lovely word of abiding, it means dwelling, coming in. I must come into your house today. Now that word house means your whole estate. Um, Jesus doesn't want to come into his, his front room, does he? And have a cup of tea and go. 
He wants to come right into the whole estate. And, and because Zacchaeus allowed him into his whole estate, there was a dramatic change. And I wonder sometimes why there's not a change in our life so much. Because we don't allow him into our whole estate. Because we want him to save us, don't we? We want him to forgive us. But you know what? He doesn't stay there. And that's not what we're saved for. We are saved to go on, to be more like him. So he's allowing him in. And the whole estate. Now Abraham is allowing him in. Come in. That is the first key. Get in the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord in us. Revelation. What was the problem with the Laodicean church? The Lord was not there. Now we would have gone into that church. And we would have said this is a great church. It was full. It was flourishing. It was, it was profitable. It was wealthy. We would have said, hey, this is, my, this is my church. I'm coming here. This is great. And the Lord said, you are deceived. Oh, that's a frightening thing. Self-deception is the great. He said, I, I'm not there. I'm outside. I need to come in. I need to come in. Let me in. And um, so when the Lord is in, then, oh, what a difference. Uh, John 14, 23. Jesus answered, all who love me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. My Father and I will come to them and live with them. See, when we love his word, when we keep his word, he comes and dwells in us. You see, that's the, the coming right into our lives in every, the Holy Spirit. So Abraham's saying, no, 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 don't go by. Don't go until we, we set up. We're going to take time. We're going to spend time. We're going to come in. So there's the first thing. He, he's inviting the Lord in the presence of the Lord where his blessing is, his promise is fulfilled, there's purpose, plan, future, and all those things. And the Lord is going to um, speak into his life. Of course, he, he, he reveals to himself, he reveals his, his om, omnipotence. Then he says, you're going to have a baby. And then, uh, as we just read, Sarah laughs. And, um, and he said, why, why is she laughing? And uh, of course, she gets a bit frightened. I didn't laugh. And the Lord, and Lord, it's a, we would have let it lie, but the Lord said, yes, you did laugh. Yeah. And of course, you'd been embarrassed then. Um, but he said, there's nothing impossible with God. It's the first time we've ever seen that. Nothing impossible with God. And then we see verse 16. Verse 16. He's not just in allowing the Lord in to his whole estate. The Bible said, now he's walking with the Lord. The Lord is walking, and he's actually walking with the Lord. See, when we talk about walking, the Bible, that's a metaphor for our whole life, isn't it? For our whole lifestyle, everything we do, we are walking with the Lord. Everything about our life, we are walking with him. Let's read that, those verses. We've read them a number of times in the last few months. Uh, Galatians 5, just those three separate verses which talks about our lifestyle in him. So I say you live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the, under the law. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we have, we have a lot of verbs going on there. We are living, we are walking, we are being led, we are keeping in step. It means to march. Um, marching in line, and of course, if you know anything about marching, you know, you keep, you got your cadence, you get your, we're in, in line, we're keeping in line, not veering away, not veering off. So there's, there's what he's walking with the Lord, he's, the revelation has come to him, he's a friend of God, there's intimacy coming, and that's where we are as Christians. That's our, uh, the power, that we, we invite him in, we know him, but we are then walking with him day by day. Now that's our, 
Uh, that comes down to me and you now, whether we stay in step, whether we yeah. walk with him. Uh, Romans 8. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. And if you live after the spirit to mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You see, that's our blessing. We've not just invited him in, we are walking with him as our Father. I just read that verse. I shared it with the kids on uh, in the in the school from uh, Isaiah. I think it's forty one. He said, "I will hold your fear not. I will uphold you with my righteous right, but I will hold your right hand." Mm-hmm. And we've said so many times, our kids, when they got older, well, not this age, but when they were nippers, when they had all of our hands, they were fearless, fearless, wouldn't it? And um, so we we walking with him. We are walking with him, and when we walk with him. God begins to reveal things to us. He says there, he says, can I, can I go down to Sodom without actually telling Abraham? We know, I know his purpose. I know what he's going to be. I know who he is. We, meet, we need to tell him. We need to tell him. And the great thing about it is this. God longs, longs to share with us. If we will but walk with him. Amos 3 verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. That's an amazing verse. Surely the Lord does nothing, yet he reveals it to his prophets. Now he does that for a number of reasons, because he's a merciful God. And when he brings judgment, he warns. And he don't warn once, he warns numerous times, doesn't he? We think of the children of Israel, he says, how many times have I got to tell you? Time after time, that's his mercy. And so, see, he wants to sometimes reveal things to us. He wants to give those words of knowledge and word of wisdom. We need to begin to speak into lives. And the Lord, he said, will not do anything before he reveals it to us. I wonder how many times we have not heard or not actually put ourselves in the way to hear the word of the Lord. Let's read that verse. We read it the other Sunday. It's a fantastic verse. Jeremiah 33, 2 and 3. Thus saith the Lord... The maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's a great promise for us. Real great promise. The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, he knows everything. Ask of me. Ask it. Are you confused? You need a, a, a word in a particular situation, a word for a particular person. The Lord said, ask of me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Uh, that's a, a wonderful promise, a wonderful promise. More than that, because we are his, the Holy Spirit is the one who whispers. Uh, sometimes he's got to shout, sometimes he's got to give us a clip sometimes, but he loves just to put things into our hearts. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-10. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor you have heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit revealed it to us. In fact, the, the last verse of that particular chapter, 1, 1 Corinthians 2, says, We have the mind of Christ. See, we have the ability to see and to think and to feel like the Lord. 
Now, whether we do is, is down to me and you. Whether we develop that, whether we allow the Lord to have his way in us, whether we walk in the Spirit, whether we keep in step with the Spirit. Because if we do, we begin to see things and feel as he feels. And the burden of the Lord becomes our burden. And then we begin to break into intercession, where we actually step in between a situation. And uh, you read the, read the, the prophets and Ezekiel says, the Lord is surprised at, at the prayerlessness of his people, he said. He's surprised. And uh, when we think of the, the privilege and the power of prayer, we should really be ashamed, shouldn't we, that we, we don't avail ourselves that we should. But there's, there's intercession where we come between, and we see, let's <coughs> read a few scriptures now, which shows that ordinary men, ordinary women, stepped in between. Uh, Moses is our first one. Uh, you can read in Exodus 32, but we'll pick it up in Psalm, Psalm 106. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. So he said he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. That is an amazing scripture. If it was not for Moses, one man who stood in the breach... He said, I would have swept right over them. Now, we can't particularly understand the, the, the awesomeness, the sovereignty of God and, and, and how he uses us. We're not really meant to understand it fully. All that we know is that we have power in prayer. When we, intercession is the process of identifying with the situation. You can read many prayers, Nehemiah, Daniel, we won't read those tonight, but they identified because it was their nation that fell. Sometimes we... we you know, separate ourselves, all oh, our nation is awful. Let me tell you, we are part of this nation and the laws they have passed, they have passed under our watch. So we need to say, look, Lord, we have sinned. We have sinned. We have sinned. So, and, and when we identify, there's a, there's a time of identity, there's an agony of soul because we realize we have sinned. But then there's a place coming out of it of authority. Oh, Lord, now we've come through and now we're going to say to those heavenly realms. It is time, it is finished. The Lord has broken through. And you see this, uh, they used to, uh, years ago, talk about praying through. And uh, because our our society has invaded, we, we, we are instant people, aren't we? Mm -hmm. We want instant answers. Lord, I prayed for this. How many times? Well, I prayed at least three or four times. How long? Well, a couple of minutes. Like, I know, I prayed about it. Well, wait a minute now. The Lord's trying to do a work in you, isn't he? He's not. He's trying to. When we are praying, he's trying to. He's changing us, and uh, he wants to us to be molded and melted. So Moses was the first. How about David? One Chronicles. Then David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, having in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. So David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces. And David said to God. Was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? I am the one who has sinned and done evil indeed. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, O Lord my God, be against me and my father's house, but not against your people, that they should be paid. See, intercession is, is coming to a place where we have the heart of the Lord. 
uh, if you read, obviously we just read of Moses, but if you read it in Exodus 32, what did he say, Lord? If you blot them out, blot me out. Or blot me out instead of blotting them out. That's a place where we, we come and we, are, we lord our heart. And David, it was um, David's sin, although the Lord was judging the nation because they had sinned. And he said, Lord, it, it's not them, it's my fault. I'm the leader, I gotta take, I'm taking the, the responsibility. Lord, blot me out. Wipe me out. Don't hurt them. That's the place of intercession. We read of Job, and this is very interesting. We'll notice the, the process of what's going on here now. Job 42. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayers and not deal with you accordingly to your folly. Mm. You have not spoken the truth about me, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Termite, Bilidad the Shulite, and Zophar the Namanite did <laughs> what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortune and gave him twice as much as he had before. What is the process? Job, before he comes into the blessing and the prosperity of God, he's restored the restoration of God. What does he have to do? He has to make intercession for his friends. And maybe there's, there's, there's a blockage in our life. And I tell you what, sometimes there's got to be intercession for those friends, so-called friends, <laughs> that once said things and did things. And until he prayed, the Bible is very clear, when he prayed, after he prayed, then the Lord moved in blessing and power. And that's interesting. Intercession, coming before, you know why? Because the Lord uh, is, is, is changing Job as well. Now Job, just before that, he said, Lord, I've heard of you, but now my eyes have seen and the Lord is changing Job now the Job has got he was a good guy before but now he's come out totally changed more like the Lord a heart after the Lord because he can pray for his friends he didn't have to pray for them they didn't deserve to be prayed for they they got steadily worse in their in their criticism they, they started off saying oh we are commiserate with you Job and then they began to say you've done something wrong you're a sinner you've never been any good and they went steadily down so but Job heart of the Lord he prayed interceded for his friends here's Paul Paul praying Romans 9 I tell you the truth in Christ I am not lying my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continued grief in my heart for I could wish that I myself were accused from, from Christ for the brethren my countrymen according to the flesh Again, what, what a statement. I wish I would become accursed instead of my brothers. Now that is real intercession where we put ourselves and say, Lord, Lord, oh, that you, because now we are seeing like the Lord, we are seeing the eternal destiny of those people. We are seeing them in their sin. We are seeing what sin does. So often we belittle sin, but you see the Lord hates sin because he sees what it does to people. He sees how it messes people's lives up we see it before our eyes every day yet 
sometimes we belittle that. So here's Abraham. He's walking with the Lord. The Lord is revealing this to him now. Verse 22 of the Bible says he's remaining with the Lord. Now he could have, um, when the Lord began to reveal, he could have said, okay, you are, have, your will, have your will, Lord. Do what you will. But the Bible says he stays. He remains. He abides. That's the lovely word we, John 15, he abides. Let's just read a couple of verses from there. John 15, 6 to 8. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. <coughs> See, staying, abiding, resting. He's standing before the Lord. But now, verse 23 says, he draws near. He draws near. He's taking up his position. He's got his posture. But now he's going he's to make his petition to the Lord. He's going to make his petition to the Lord. And he draws near to the Lord. And the great thing about it, as we read it in our last verse in a moment, the Bible encourages us. He pleads us in Hebrews, draw near draw near to me, come close to me. We see we have that, that ability. Now, uh, he's drawing near to the Lord, he's approaching the Lord, and then he begins to say, Lord, surely if there's 50 there, surely if there's 50 there, uh, will you not the judge of all the earth do right? Yes, he always will. He always will. Sometimes we think, Lord, why is that? Well, maybe this side of eternity, we will not know some of those answers. Uh, and that's true, because we can only see from our point of view, can we? We can only see in time, and uh, we can't see in eternity. Why did that person die so young? Why did that person do this? And that? We don't know. All we know is the judge of all the earth will do right. We know that, and we can stand on that. Eternity will, and then we'll get into eternity, we'll say, oh, that's why. That's why. Um, so we can see that. But then he comes closer, and he says, Lord, now I've spoken once. I know I'm only dust and ashes. Picking up, same word as Genesis 2, what he's made of. Same word. I'm only dust and ashes. Lord, I know who I am. See, I, I, prayer, intercession, is knowing who God is and knowing who we are. And prayer is, is the ability to keep, keep dependent on God. As soon as we stop praying, we become independent. Prayer is saying, Lord, I need you. I, I, I love you. I worship you. I adore you. But I need you. And prayer keeps us uh, close, it keeps us uh, uh, protected, it keeps us humble, because we need him. And everything, we are pulling on to him. We pull. I'm only dust and ashes, Lord, 45, 40, let the Lord not be angry. Let's, you see, there's no presumption in Abraham, is there? You know, uh, he's saying, Lord, 30, 20, 10, 10. Couldn't find 10 righteous people. You see the mercy of the Lord, because the Lord says, uh, just a little bit back, he said, I, the, the cry that's come from Sodom has been real, real rough. He said, now I'm going down to have a look and just to try their hearts, you see. And those two men went in and the first thing they wanted to do was abuse them. So, and, and the Bible says, very interesting, that all the men turned up. And listen to the, look at the, the scripture. So we see the whole of it was corrupt. It wasn't just some, because the Lord would have saved it then, wouldn't he? Because he said, if I can find 10, 
and he couldn't find ten. He had Lot and, and uh, his, his, his two daughters. Well, one the best either. We look a bit further on. Um, but you see, the great thing about it is this. The Bible says, the Lord saved Lot because he remembered Abraham. 1926, Genesis 19.26, next chapter on. He saved Lot, he got Lot out because he remembered Abraham. And that's an amazing, see the power and the authority we have in prayer, the more we know the Lord, if we are a friend of God, let me tell you, we can turn the nation, turn the Mary Queen of Scots said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than an army of 10,000 people. She said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than the, 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 an army of 10,000 people. Why? Because she knew that when he prayed, God heard and changed, changed in a moment of time. And you know what? Who's John Knox? Great man of God, but he was a man. And we are just, if we will see the, the wonder, oh Lord, our, the ability of knowing him, prayer, knowing him, then we can show him. Let's read that last verse from Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 19 to 22, draw near. Called to persevere. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, mm-hmm. and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Therefore, since we have boldness, freedom of speech, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful word. It means to be candid, to be open, to be bold before the Lord. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, we're, we're, as we've said so many times, if we went to meet the Queen, we would speak when we were spoken to, wouldn't we? We wouldn't go up and shake our hand and say, how are we doing, Liz? Everything's okay? I was going? I was Phil? I was... I was, uh, I, I was no, we wouldn't, would we? There would be protocol. But the Lord says, look, come. Draw near. Come with boldness. Come with freedom of speech into my presence. Because you might... He's God Almighty. Remember, remember, Abraham knew who he was, but he said, Lord, I'm, I'm coming again. I've been bold, and I'm going to come bold. Let me, how about this now, he said. I'm just an asher. I know who I am, but I know who you are as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that to draw near, what is uh, Hebrews, the same, same book, Hebrews, same writer says in Hebrews 4, let us approach the throne of grace, again, same word, with boldness, with confidence, that we may receive grace, and we receive grace and mercy and find help in the time of need. Remember we talked about that particular, uh, in, in the time of need when we are, it's, it's the statement of the, that frapping. You say, what's that? When, when a boat is just about to break apart, they, they, they send ropes around it to hold it together. And that's the idea there. In, in Hebrews, he uses a lot of uh, nautical terms, but, uh, the anchor and so on. He says, look, when you're in the time of need, come before me. You're breaking apart. Let me frap. Let me hold you together. Let me send the ropes around you to hold you together. We may be breaking apart sometimes. Where do we go? Approach the throne of grace. You see, the wonderful thing that we are as children of God is we have access to the Father. He invited him in. Moses, come into my house. Come into my whole estate. Remember, there were no, there were no, there were no houses any other camp. A big camp. Remember, Abraham was 
he never set his, his stall here, but he was a wealthy man. He had 300, well, we know he had over 300 servants. So he had a lot to come in, come into the camp, come in, abide, walked with him, stood with him, abided with him, then drew near. And when we were, when we were that close, intimate with the Lord, we can ask him, we can ask him anything. Now, he might not give us everything, but the great thing about it, we can ask him anything. And he might say, no, dear, that's, you know, you don't worry about that. I, I'll sort that out. Uh, I love the story about the, the young boy. He was growing up and uh, he just wanted, Lord, uh, Dad, I want to be a farmer. I want to be, I, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a farmer. I just want to be a farmer. And that's all he talked about until he was about 10, 11, until he went to comp. And of course, his father said, okay, he said, oh, I, I, he logged it in his mind. Of course, he grew up and then came to 18, 18th birthday, and his father gave him an envelope. He said, oh, thanks, Dad, what's this, he said. And uh, he opened it up, and it was deeds, le a lease for a farm. He said, what's this? He said, it's a lease for a farm you want. He said, I don't want to be a farmer now, he said. I don't want to be a farmer now. And uh, it's a good thing God don't give us everything we want at the time we want, because you know what? Time comes and time goes, and uh, we change, and God knows best. God knows we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.